do funny things. Uh, no. I don't got one for this time. You don't have one for this time? No. I, well, that was a special occasion. Yeah, but this is 101. Is like, it? Yeah, well, we just did episode 100, so I would imagine episode 101. Would uh, be this I thought one. you meant like 101. I was like, we're doing a, like a, a beginner course on something. Well, I mean, episode 101, you know, it's like we're going back into college. This is our second season? Nah. You know, I've actually never taken a 101 class. Ever? I mean, you probably did them in high school. And I gave you No, credit. never was called 101. Well, we had 1,000 levels. Remember, it was like 1,001? Yeah, but it's not. But that's what 101 it's is. It's not the typical, hey, I'm taking home ec 101 what, you know did you go entry level into asl right away was that the first time you ever took asl uh yeah that's a 101 well wasn't didn't say 101 well it was 3000 something one maybe yeah I'll if remember. it had a one at the end it was a 101 come on man you got to translate one experience i don't know it's stupid you got to translate one experience to the other you want to know what i did the other day what did you did the other day so uh you guys on the video and an audio can't see but just to our left is a window here and i've i've lived here for like Good job thanks <laughs> that's gonna come into play why am i on twitch it's, it's gonna come into play so i've lived here for i don't know four years five years i don't know something like that a long time and i've had this room this room has been my studio room the dnd game room for a long time it wasn't until the last, I don't know, month or so that every so often I'd hear like scratching and like hitting on the, the, the tree, right? The window. Yeah, it's, it's, it was the tree. Sorry if that was the big reveal. No, it's not. Okay. But it, it'd be freaking me out, you know, late at night, I'm just sitting here, then the wind blows it, it starts scratching up against it. Well, of course, as trees do and life does, it grew. As trees do and life does. Okay. It, it got bigger and bigger. And so then uh, it, I was working on an essay and I, I just kept hearing it. Every like four or five seconds, it's just scratching and banging on the window, and and my girlfriend can attest to this. I I lost my mind. I walked out the the door and said, you know, I opened the the, the balcony door and said, all right, here we go. I gotta do it. And so I I couldn't reach it. I, I I'm trying to reach the branch. Mm-hmm. So I head back and grab the uh dust one of those dust things and it like extends out so you can get stuff on the ceiling yeah i grab that and i use that to like hook the branch and i'm like hanging off absolutely hanging off the uh the balcony over here about to fall off i I grab it my girlfriend just left to try to get something else and so i'm like hanging on from for dear life for the next like three four minutes trying not to die you know falling off 15 feet you weren't stuck you were just trying to get it well i i'd held on to it but I had nothing to cut it currently. So she was running to get the scissors. And so I'm just standing there. My arm's about to fall off. And eventually she comes and I, I get the scissors. And I'm going to cut it. And you can kind of still see it. But I went to, so I went to cut it and I couldn't. It was so painful. I couldn't get it. This, this branch was so stubborn. And so I'm like, oh, squealing it hard. And I popped a blood or like burst a blood vessel in my finger. <laughs> can you kind of see that? It's like a little discoloration little bit, there. Yeah. Yeah, I popped the blood vessel, something like that. And she was like, oh, this happens. It's whatever. But it, that's how hard I worked to break. And I, I did. I got it. Turns out that I didn't get all of it. There's a second one. And I had to do that like all over again. Return to the branch episode two. It was rough, dude. It was a painful experience. But then I had peace and quiet. Has it just been doing that for ages? Yes. Yeah. Nice. It kind of reminds me of... Uh... It sounds like in a tabletop RPG, you just did like 82 failed like acrobatics and strength checks. Oh, 100%. You were, yeah. just, you were just sitting there, which reminds me. Which is when the DM, you know, allowed me to go into my pouch and find something to help me grab it. And I rolled or it was advantage. so pathetic that they just they said, just, you know, after yeah. 10 minutes, you do it, which it's a is, a, is an official rule in 5e. But that's not what we're talking True. about today here. And I feel like we haven't done this and we didn't at least do this last week. He's Ryan. He's Braxton. We're the Dungeon Crawl and today we're going to be we are. dissecting the um, kind of hilarious experience of my character and their lack of their strength in Pathfinder 2. Just kidding. We're going to be talking about our first experience at Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Yeah. Box that our lovely GM ran for us. Which is in a, the Discord. a wonderful, a very nice a listener of the podcast. Yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, my, my transition there, which I didn't get to do as well was there was a there was a moment where a 10 foot cliff i could not get down it i think yeah. there was three yeah. fails of a strength check in a row and the last one was a crit fail so i just it took like one damage yeah. that's, fairly, that's what that felt fairly, like for me uh, fairly it. negligible and all but you know in the long runs the the numbers add up 
I mean, they do. There's we just a, played the other night. Yes. And, uh, other you night. know, small scale yesterday. Uh, and skeletons. Oh, okay. And skeletons were, were shooting the player, you know, doing like five damage. But eventually that five damage adds up. It to does. Point total. And it's so tough in that moment. Uh, and we'll get there. I guess this is a story time about our IRL game. I'll keep, I will be brief. Okay. I play a Hexblade Warlock. When I hex somebody. For a fifth edition game. Yeah, for a fifth edition game. I play Hexblade Warlock. So when I hex somebody, I'm like off tank. I've got my tank mode on. You know, I'm going to stay and keep that guy's aggro. Uh-huh. And I'm hoping and I really try not to metagame and tell my players to kill the ads. But they, it's hard <laughs> as a as certain. Any player you want to have fun, you, you want to go you hit the big target. You got to type in the chat. You gotta type yeah, in the like room and say, "Hey guys, it turned out fine. It did. Turned out absolutely fine." But man, boy, you get scary. Man, boy. Man, boy. Man, boy. So Pathfinder, we did an, our first game. We did. Yeah, we did. We did two episodes on it before. One episode. We've done two. Uh, yeah, our character creation podcast and our first read through yeah. of the um, what's the what's it's not player's handbook core rulebook core rulebooks. We we did read that. Um, I was nervous for it. For our first game? For a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so first of all, it's hopping into a new system. Yes. That's always scary. Second of all, I had never played with uh, at least two of the other people in the group, and that's always scary. me barely, even though he's been my DM for ages. I mean, well, that, but I mean, like, you know, I'm comfortable with playing as you for your DM, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Um, So that's always nerve-wracking, and then also, especially not even to mention that playing with a new GM, Mm -hmm. DM, you you never know what someone's DMing style is going to be, if it's going to mesh well with how you like playing, even if someone you've known, like, good friends with, you could very easily be like, you know what, I just don't like how that guy plays. To start, for the most part, all I care about with the first session, because not everybody does a diligent session zero, is are they a nice person? And This is true. It was very obvious. Yeah, no, it went great. Very nice. Yeah. Um... Just very, definitely very nervous heading into it. Yeah. I mean, part of that kind of came from... Do I want to start with that? I don't know. Uh, we, we had this precedent set when we did our character creation stuff and with our GM that we were playing difficult classes. Yes. A lot of the comments from our last video of our character creation were talking about how the... It's called the Advanced Players Guide yeah. for a reason. Mm-hmm. We both chose races, ancestries, sorry, ancestries that are in that. And then also... Actually, I guess technically you I did. did. Oh, Kitsune, Kitsune is in the Advanced Players Guide. No, it's in Lost It's in, Lost a, it's in another supplement, yes. yes, with additional race. Uh, re- regardless, still advanced, for mm-hmm. sure, not in the core rulebook. Um, and we both picked classes that are in not in the core rulebook. So we yeah. were definitely uh, shooting for the, for the sky, shoot for the moon there. Um, my psychology behind that is I've always been the type of person that if I'm playing a, a video game or something and there are mods for it, I don't care about experiencing like you the add base. him in the first playthrough. Yeah, and you're very much the opposite of that. Sometimes, sometimes if it adds some, or if I'm playing for a bit, I'm like, you know what? I would really like if my UI would disappear in after you know, five minutes when I'm not doing anything. Like some immersion. Yeah, so I'll, I'll sometimes add stuff to that for, for like this. For me, the reason why I gravitated to what I did, and we kind of explained this in the beginning of last episode, or not, or two episodes ago, mm-hmm. uh, is how I I just like. I wanted to pick something that was not in 5e. Yeah. That was a big thing for me. And something that was calling to me. Interesting. Uh, and Investigator was was very high up there. It I've seemed been very cool. That in, our, in our Pathfinder episode, I said, if there's one class you're going to play, it's this one. Yeah, was it, right. it was very cool. Um, and I I don't know, it just tickled tickled my fancy. Uh, same with, the other option was Swashbuckler. I think that's really? also in the, the Advanced Player's Guide. I don't uh, know, but that is in 5e. I mean, kind of. It's not like it's a class. Class, yeah. It's a, it's it's a subclass. It's, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's a subclass. But yeah. It's not. A, it's not a full class. Regardless, uh, so that's why I gravitated to those. I was very interested in the lore and the idea and the, and the mechanics of it. Um, so sure, they might have been a little harder. And I think to me, and we were kind of talking about this before the podcast. To me, I I wanted something that I would relish. Something that I would really enjoy if i wanted to play you know if i I'd played a fighter i might have been it might have been easier to wrap my head around the mechanics of the game but i also might not have enjoyed it as much mm-hmm. likewise for me i like playing the class that has obvious debilitations and makes my experience suck hence why i went with oracle to have a big old curse that makes life very difficult and, and we very mel- yeah. well very mel- very well might have yeah. done things wrong in yeah. our character creation and done things wrong in game um but I think that's just part of the learning curve. Yeah. And I think most people, when you enter into the ecosystem for any sort of tabletop RPG, 
whoever it is, your Paizo, your MTG, um, no matter how much they say they, they don't want you to be confused or like feel like you have too many options, they still want you to peruse everything that they've got. Yeah. You know, so it's not like it's just off limits. Of course, GMs, you can definitely set restrictions, say, hey, I'm kind of new at this. I would prefer to stick to the core rule book. Let's, let's yeah. stay within that. You like, def- yeah. definitely don't okay. touch the Unearthed Arcana stuff, you yeah. know, that type of thing. <laughs> even more so lately. Unearthed Arcana is not even supported on DDB on anymore, but that's yeah. different news. So, yeah, I had this expectation set from a lot of people that my class is going to be difficult and I just wasn't seeing it and did not experience that in our game either. But uh, let's let's start off with. Um, I think we've got a couple things to cover mechanics of Mm -hmm. Pathfinder that we like the beginner box itself and just moments that we enjoyed or whatever within our player entire player group. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, Because the beginner box can entirely be a different experience as opposed to what Pathfinder is in general. And we also, I think it's important to note, used a virtual tabletop that facilitated a lot yes, of the it's rules called foundry yes so it's which i actually was not aware of uh, our gm may have mentioned before we dove into it that's what we're going to be doing and i just completely missed it yeah but i had no idea until the day went so the day we dived into it that we were uh, playing uh, in foundry yeah, yeah. Uh, i think she mentioned it a couple of times but not that it would be like a full integration and it makes sense because this is the beginner box for a probably the second largest virtual second largest tabletop rpg right within the D space so it makes sense that there's probably a fully facilitated beginner box experience oh, they in have, that. For, now that I've, I've looked into it a little more, they they cover everything. They have Adventure Pass modules all built into Foundry. It's very It's got cool. a really strong community for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, mechanics that I, I love. The first thing that stuck out to me first, and we started this way immediately, was the different sort of initiative checks that there are. I enjoyed that a lot, thinking... Whenever oh, a comp- mean, yeah. oh, I gotcha. Yeah. When something starts attacking you, it depends on what nature, what sense, or what action you're doing. Yes. Is what determines your initiative role. It might be perception, or if you're sneaking, it's something else. Um, it's not just always your dexterity right. modifier, which which I really enjoyed that right away. And then the second thing, it, right in tandem with that, the three action system really is. Yeah, enjoyable. I was very surprised at how strong my class was. I, I feel like I was the big damage dealer for most of the the time because I was I would do a D six and then an extra D six if I had devised a stratagem on this guy, and I could just do that multiple times a turn. I was just killing rats left and right. Yeah, it was uh, it's because in my head I was like investigators can be you know kind of a behind yeah. the scenes kind of class. And I was told that you'd be the healer, which I was. <laughs> hey man i was i I was all right let's take a pause for a second battle battle medicine and treat wounds all right okay so this is in one of my fun moments that i've written down Uh but we were in our first encounter with the weird the rats um of the beginner box for many of you know uh and i'm playing oracle and we had forgotten that i have a minus uh minus two to physical damage i I have two resistance to physical damage i think is the wording for it again still learning the rules um, and we'd forgotten about that and I went down or so we thought, and then I realized, okay, I need to subtract four because I got hit twice and I was at five HP. Yeah. Your ass got chewed up. I got man. chewed by these rats. And then I looked at my spells and realized that I didn't have a specific like damaging cantrip that wasn't based off of alignment. So I like quickly messaged the DM and I said, I haven't used this yet. Can we swap them? So I have the one that can hurt rats because most Simple rats don't have alignment. So that, that was all going on. And then Ryan, his his character decides, you know, I'm going to take care of my friend. I'm gonna Which be- I will say real fast, uh, kind of talking about mechanics. I hmm. do like how, you know, in D&D, you spend your whole turn to cast Cure Wounds or, or your bonus action to cast a Healing Word. While in this, I was able to attack, stride, and then treat wounds. Yeah. Or battle medicine, sorry. And I don't know if that's a, a good or bad thing or if it's just a different I like it. I like it too. Uh, what I don't like is when he rolls a natural one to heal me and sticks his little little uh, finger in me. And, you know, he's he's of a, a rat folk nature. I am. So there's you. probably like a little nail in there. So he just goes. Probably. Clean, though. Very clean. Sticks it in my wound and does four damage to me. And I'm at one health. Yeah. For the first encounter with the rats. Yeah. Um, Which, and then I cannot do battle medicine again to you for an hour because I'm a forensic medicine yeah. guy. So. To, to those of you that said um, Ryan Braxton crit fails and crit successes come up a lot more and they do matter. We have we experienced that pretty much uh, as soon as we. Yeah, could. it's definitely interesting um, now because I didn't do a super crazy dive into the healing of spells because yeah. I knew my class wasn't going to be doing healing spells. So I'm not positive if the spells work that way, too. 
if you have to roll to the hit and then roll the the health how much they go up it'd be very interesting if that's the if that's how it is period um definitely changes so i know treatments i know yeah. well treatments is what you do uh outside of combat what is the spell known as uh cure light wounds maybe is it maybe cure uh you wounds. are looking at uh first edition oh get out of here i don't know a lot of people must play Pathfinder First Edition because it still really, really shows up. Yeah, I mean, Pathfinder 2E is still fairly new. It just had its two-year anniversary the other day. I think it's just heal. Um, yes, that is correct. So, and it's a necromancy spell. Interesting. Okay, so uh, you can do one to three actions for it, which gives mm-hmm. it different effects and different components or somatic natures that you have to do to cast it. Uh, there is no role for this. Nice. Right. So I guess since yours was a sort of like dexterity thing and maybe you're using well, like yeah, a suture. Some, yeah, wrapping stuff you on you. definitely yeah. could accidentally like get bumped by a rat running around yeah. and stick your finger at me, and which I think Treat makes it wounds is the same fun. way. So, I mean, would you say you enjoy that aspect yes. of it? Oh, yeah. shit. I, I like it. Um, You've always kind of liked failing. failing and yeah, like, I think it's I fun. I will remember that moment. It's fun to fail forwards and to, in, you know, continue the story along while also screwing up and then, then having some dramatic, you know, well, I mean, yeah. conclusion. Think about the fun emotional trauma that might come up if, you know, he's killed one of my player characters by trying to heal them. It's just like, all right. I mean, to be fair, my guy is a is like a forensic investigator. Yeah. So, I mean, he's good with dead bodies, not living people. Let me kill you first and then I can treat the wound. <laughs> Dress you up for a funeral. You yeah. Know, it's okay. Um, I still got more, but what's what's some of the mechanics that you might have uh, enjoyed? Uh, well, I kind of touched on it, but I liked the three action economy kind of yeah, yeah. stuff. Um, well, the biggest thing we've touched on in our make 5e combat more interesting is action oriented creatures changing changing the action economy of the game and pathfinder obviously has that integrated into it mm-hmm. um every creature everything obviously i haven't looked at the legendary creatures and stuff like that have the three action rule yeah you do the, this action is two actions but you can still do this i think the only thing that's a little weird and kind of takes a little bit getting used to and we even had this brought up in in the game from one of our other uh players is the stride action that you have to remember that this is you can't just move you have to stride and then you move I think that makes sense, and it might have been too freeing if it was like 5e where you could you had movement as like your separate uh, portion. It was not a part of your actions. I don't think it would be game breaking. No, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it hurts. I don't think it. It, it adds a nice strategy thing. to yeah, it. I I I like the if you attack three times, like every class can just attack three separate times, just yeah. regular hits, um, and it makes it harder and harder each time. Yeah, and I've got like to wonder. That. Um, those of you that have played a lot of Pathfinder and maybe get to the higher levels, let's say you've got a group of people playing uh, and the, the GM decides, you know what, I just want to make striding a, a, a free action, not not the free action, but a separate thing they, they can just do. Are there abilities late game that, that would literally not work mechanically because of that? I'd say it probably hurts, probably hurts the game if you do that. Well, yeah, maybe it hurts it, changes the balance up, but I'm I'm sure there's some abilities out there that take into account that certain things take actions and, right. and, and that striding is an action. So there might be an entire class that says striding does not cost an action, so it entirely whacks things out. Love to know about that. And if, some, something else that I uh, noticed as well, kind of talking about the difference between 5e and this, and things we, I don't know if we talked about when we first discussed uh, Pathfinder versus 5e, uh, but you really can see it in play uh, when you're in combat in 5e. You're very worried, especially with the squishy, the squishy wizard, and you don't want to. And you got the big ass barbarian guy right in front of your face. If you move, you're gonna get hit by that guy. In Pathfinder, not everything has attack of opportunity, mm-hmm. and if they do, it's it's a they're a special creature. That's something I liked about Divinity: Original Sin. Um, is that not every creature had that. Eventually, they game, pretty much everything had it. Right. Um, uh, one more thing, jumping back to the three-action system, uh, kind of a comparison between 5e, and not that this is another comparison or like hit on it, um, just an experience I had with Pathfinder 2nd Edition is I had a lot more things I had under my repertoire at level 1, a lot more things that I could do. In 5e, I would only be able to do one of those things a turn. Yeah. And in yeah. Pathfinder, I felt like even though I had more options, I could still do everything I wanted. Whereas in 5e, I have less options and still don't feel like I get to do everything I want on one of my turns. 
Yeah, I feel like I had a lot of uh, things to. I mean, of course, I'm level one. Not a lot, a crazy amount of things. Yeah. But I feel like I could. I could go battle medicine somebody. I could. Uh, if this is something I investigated earlier, I could then devise my stratagem for free and then attack uh, stronger, you know, for a free action or something. Um, I said that poorly, but yeah, if you know the investigate, you probably know what I'm saying. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can you can work through combat scenarios, yeah. which I like. Uh, which, in, yeah, 5e at level one, it's very much, yeah. I hit this, I very much move around here, and I hit that again. I mean, even at 11th level... Um in our game that we played last night uh, it it can get stressful feeling like every turn is a half of my turn or a third of the turn that i wish i could have mm. and i think that could go away if like we had a group and it's not just our players like you describe stuff and i don't want to remove that um but like if it just went really fast right. I would be entirely satisfied with 5e's combat from a pacing perspective. Yeah, I think because we had like six rounds. So there's a lot of things going. I don't think you could have sped it up. To, no, at I'm all. just thinking we had six rounds and it was the entire. So it was like two and a half hours. It was from hours, seven something. to 10:30. Yeah. So it's three and a half hours. Oh, well, we had a. I think we finished the combat at 10. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So it was yeah. three hours. Uh, it was great great combat. Great um, combat. Yeah, but it was. But I feel like Pathfinder also would. I think in the in bigger combat scenarios, it probably gets pretty lengthy too. Absolutely, I do fear for how many things I have to track then. Um, and I, at my point now, before I get to higher level like theory crafting, is like I felt as though I was at least a third level character by five E standards. Not that that has any quantifiable right uh, <laughs> statement to be said by it, but uh, it's definitely more it. enjoyable than a first level because we talked about this before. But first through third level in D anD D. People usually speed along very quick. You, yeah. you do like one or two sessions, first level, one or two sessions, second level, then you're a third, finally, and you guys can start stretching out the level ups. But I feel like Pathfinder, you can take your time with it. Oh, you can I, really I feel like you could. You really slow it down and allow the players to, to step into those characters better. Yeah. And for fifth edition, I feel like it's when you hit like eleventh and twelfth level, when you hit that final that that first massive bump that yeah. you really haven't done since third and fifth level. That's where I feel like I would always want to play D and D. I I also actually I, I feel like Pathfinder relishes in slowing things down. Period. Because of you know I can only treat wounds once an hour. I can yeah. only short or long rests and short rests are very different than in Five E. There's a lot more downtime stuff that you can do. It very much kind of is you know take your time, allow allow for downtime, not just back to back going and going and going well not to forget uh i think you're talking about downtime in a different aspect that i'm about to bring up but there literally is downtime mechanics in pathfinder that dnd no. insinuates that you can do um i think for the most part that was everything that i enjoyed i also I wanted to everything else i hate everything else i know it's more more like yeah i expected that or it was pretty much the same from from fifth edition um, i will say uh for uh, for the beginner box we did only get to we did not uh, play much like the third room so yeah it was the first room with barrels and um some stuff to investigate and the rats second room repelling was repelling okay was the caverns (laughs) and then the third room was the spider to which we were about to go to the next room and then i i died i mean i died oh my god yeah you got downed yeah yeah so to to which the end of the session was oh you guys did a lot better than you know the other people I've played with and I'm like we almost died twice this is cutthroat yeah to yeah. your point most beginner boxes can kind of be like that yeah yeah the fan Delver fan Delver can get pretty pretty gruesome hey man sorry yeah. <laughs> man's over here popping off I'm real popular um but I di- I did find the dying mechanics interesting um yeah what was that wounded- like what did you see was there a light there was yeah i was getting i was pulling getting pulled to it but my little rat body said no not yet um but the the whole wounded aspect where when i oh, go yeah. down i'm if i go down again then i'm already one step closer to death oh hell yeah yeah you got that when we get back in there next time so one thing i want to pose to everybody as well uh, but we're not going to dwell on it too much because i think it could be another topic that we really get into is virtual tabletops yeah uh we played entirely in a vtt and almost everything was facilitated within it if it wasn't is because we didn't have it integrated as of yet i'm really interested to try pathfinder without 
a virtual tabletop because I feel like I would get a bit overwhelmed with all the things I have going on. Yeah, because the benefit to first time VTT is that you it facilitates it for you. You know, yeah. you have a first time playing D&D Beyond very easily hop by th- or hop through it and you just click the button. Same with with Foundry. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think the DM has to GM has to go in and do all this stuff for you. But same idea. You just like, OK, I just click this button. I click this button. It rolls the dice. It adds everything up for you. And it I did a lot of like because, again, I didn't know we were using a VTT. So I did a lot of like kind of prep beforehand, like reading the books. Like, well, good right. on you. Yeah, I'm trying to tr- trying to figure out, OK, if I roll this, because I don't want to slow things down. I don't, yeah. don't want to be that guy. So I'm looking through. I got the character sheet in front of me trying to figure it all out. And then when we get to the game. It's like, oh, we're doing OK. We're pressing these buttons. And I, I appreciate it for the smoothness. But I also was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I understand that this adds to that. Um, but I don't know how this number got there. And so there would be downtime, like when the other players, like you're doing something mm-hmm. or one of our other players doing something. And then I'll go back to look at my role. I'm like, okay, this did that. I'll go pull up my character sheet and try to figure out exactly. And I, I'd usually end up piecing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd love to try it without a VTT as well, or maybe a, a less hands-on VTT kind of experience. Uh, not to say it was a bad no. uh, bad time at all. It's just a different, different sort of thing. We're really used to rolling ourselves so like the prompts for doing things was a different experience but more like a video game it did feel like a video game yeah, yeah. i felt like i was playing uh, pathfinder kingmaker yeah which to some extent like is something i hope happens one day um but i still <laughs> think there'll be a place for like traditional like i don't think it'll ever go yeah away. it's kind of like radio like yeah it, we've it's talked not about stop. this on our own we can even have an episode of vtt's but i'm i'm definitely in the camp of vtt's currently of just using them for I mean, mild exploration and for combat i think combat I'm the type of guy that theater of the mind. I'm not, I don't mind. We do it for Chronicles, but I, I love the kind of tactical aspect of, and I think Kenneth does as well, tactical aspect of, you know, moving around a map and figuring out the you know, levels and stuff. And it's tough to, tough to do that without having a visual representation. Well, Chronicles is changing tomorrow. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I very much like the hands-off kind of experience. Like when we play in person, I only bring out the map every so often. Sometimes I'll have, you know, a dungeon laid out and I'll slowly reveal it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like I like the the hands off experience usually. Yeah, uh, I think the soft spot for me is dungeon exploration. Uh, doors are hard. <laughs> True. So take the actions to solve that and you can pretty much understand what my preferred VTT situation is. At least I want to have like a layout for combat. Ryan does pretty fun stuff like actually using difficult terrain and whatnot is nigh impossible without just hand waving and saying, yeah, you're on difficult terrain right now. So you can only move halfway. <laughs> You know, which yeah. which would probably happen in uh, Chronicles now, but I've got more time to prep. Uh, so I'm excited Let's if you guys go to this particular dungeon. But what okay. I want to do next, okay. you Pathfinder, is talking about the, the beginner box. We can do sure. things in any order, but I've got my things that I, I enjoyed up first. And it's the fact that it gets you right into it. That whole it kind does. of it media does. res. It's like you got your quest. You're literally walking there now. Start the door to go in is right there. Go. Yeah, I don't know if I, because again, Fandelver is the exact same way. It'll, it's a little, you know, the DM reads a little bit of explanation off, maybe a note that you got, and then boom, attack by goblins on the road. And I, I, I do like that. It I think it's dives right for right in. It's very, it's very much kind of the Shakespeare mentality of start with a bang and mm-hmm. then talk about stuff later. Yeah. But I very much like the chat about stuff, get to know everybody, and then we dive into mm-hmm. it. Uh, which is, you know, well, I guess I'm in the camp of let's, we, we let's started start doing a, it. Let's start in a tavern and, you know, we even had our stuff. characters like kind of know each other, even just a, like a cursory amount and whatnot. Yeah. I did have the star orb. I did f- end up figuring that out. Those of you that have continuity between the previous episode, we're all good there. Um, but yeah, so it, it I, I do think it started right away because I think it is a safe assumption though you shouldn't do that too often because it does make an ass out of you and me. Nice. But I think most players who haven't done theater or like RTVF, like or you never and I played, have, yeah, or have never played a tabletop RPG, and they're the nerdy friend of their group somehow convinced everybody to get together that just RPing right off the bat might be a bit difficult. So throwing mechanics at them immediately, I think, is good to dive in and just let that be their first experience. So now that I think about it, I think most modules start off the exact same way. I would believe so. To be honest, I mean, there's always room for the group to decide, hey, uh, it says we jump in right away, but let's take a moment to chat and, and continue. And, and we did actually do just that. We messaged our GM mm-hmm. after and said, yeah, we, we love doing RP. So 
uh, if there's a moment that has uh, space for us to chat, we'd love to do it. And she's like, oh, yeah, the beginner bo- beginner's box is just kind of very much go, go, go. And the, the GM facilitates everything. Traditionally in dungeons for fifth edition when Ryan plays uh, or DMs for us, uh, when we're exploring, we're talking, chatting, saying, oh, I'm going to go do this and whatnot. But the beginner's box and we're kind of getting into things that I dislike for me. Um, but this isn't necessarily disliked for everybody It's still probably the right choice for beginners. Sure. Uh, but it controls the flow of everything turn-based, even walking into a room and trying to investigate things. It tells the, the GM to get your players kind of in a turn-based and say, what would you like to do? What would you like to do? What would you like to do? Yeah. I, uh, and I, I, pre- yeah. Well, I appreciate, you know, I guess giving that as an option, but I think for me, uh, I think the, the GM or the DM should be able to facilitate that on their own. I agree. And if they see, like, if the players literally have, like, option paralysis, don't know what to do, then the, the DM should jump and say, okay, well, there's, you know, some boxes over there to destroy. There's, you know, there's a couple things around here to mm-hmm. investigate. And this doesn't just go for the beginner box. I think in any dungeon or any place, if the the party doesn't know what to do, mm-hmm. that's when the DM should be like, all right, well, here's a couple things that have been brought up in the last last few sessions. You could head off in this direction. You could go talk to Joe Schmo, see what he wants you guys to do. There's a lot, lot of different things like that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and I think this breaches into the, like, is natural talent a thing? Yes or no? That's a whole other topic. But in this case, I don't think that we can expect the common per- newbie GM or player to yeah, do that right off the bat. I, I think the beginner box is also assuming you're a first time GM. Yeah. So I think the beginner's box yeah. is obligated to present it that way because you can yeah. always just not do it that way. Uh, not everybody like as a teacher knows how to facilitate group conversation. Um, but what I will say is that uh, I don't want to call it coddling, Uh-oh. but I, I do think it will kind of breed a group of players that might not discover RP for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, Which isn't like some some groups don't like RP. You don't always sure. have to have it at all. Um, sure, you just do straight old dungeon crawls, well, and that's okay. It makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it is called tabletop role playing games, you know. But yeah, I do think a lot of people get into this because they, you know, maybe they don't like themselves. They don't want to play themselves. They don't want so. They're not comfortable stepping into mm-hmm. like a theater type of show. They're not, you know, we're not voice actors, we're not critical role, that type of stuff. And this can be a little awkward, a little nerve wracking, especially if you're hopping into a game at like your local game store. You're not super comfortable with everybody. And we've talked about this before in our role playing episodes where it's okay to say Garfnock says. Damn, nice name. Thanks. Garfnock says this you know like you're not speaking as the mm-hmm. character you're saying Garfnock goes to do this Garfnock goes to do this I, I definitely think it does help as a new role player to always say I I do this I say this just to get in that headspace but of course it's okay to, to not do that and I think as a beginner uh, there's a lot of people that are probably nervous yeah and especially I'd say even DMs that are nervous like I can't do I'm not math manager I can't do crazy voices I can't you know I can't get into the the body of my NPCs and that's that's okay too, um, but I do I do recommend as a DM to give them that space, give yeah. them let them try maybe let, be silent for a little bit and see what they do, uh, and just you know again it's not yeah a knock on the yeah. beginner's box because no. I think it's that's probably a good thing we to haven't done much of it yeah maybe it's literally well, I the GM read. did say that it pretty much is just combat the entire time combat and exploration right. I haven't read the beginner's box myself, um, so I'm not sure if it says this for every room. You know, every room you go to, go through this kind of, what does this person do? What does this person do? What does this person do? I think kind it of probably thing. sets the precedent that um, that's what you should do. Right. Maybe it's just for the first room. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that's an attribute of Pathfinder, no, but I think it no. is of the beginner box. Um, now, I I do think I really enjoyed it, though. Yeah. Um, just, just the general feel of being in it. It felt adjacent to D, not a separate thing which it very much is so if you weren't in this uh game you know if you're not going to play another let's say for whatever reason this game that we played we're not continuing it Mm -hmm. falls apart do you think you would seek out another game would you want to play as this pathfinder assuming i had free time absolutely right would you ever want to jam it oh boy um, I think I would enjoy GM. I think I just got to figure out the rules a little bit more. Yeah. It, again, I think it's an if I had the free time for it, I would 
it's been to a be while. fair when like every so often in D&D like even just last night we we're playing a uh, player will ask me a question I'm like you know what I actually don't know the answer to that really and we'll, we'll either look it up really quick or we'll make up a ruling on the spot yeah and I'd probably do that for Pathfinder too. it would happen a lot more, though I though. do feel like in Pathfinder because it's such a tight balance experience I think if I were to make a bad ruling on the fly it might very much yeah. throw things off balance. Yeah. Uh, for Pathfinder, there's a lot of hidden roles that the GM has to do on behalf of the players, too. This is true. So the GM is obligated to know those, or else the player isn't getting their class fully realized or their build fully realized. You know, I think that is what I like the most. We've kind of jumped around from, you know, we, uh, I should have said this earlier, we were talking about combat, but yeah. I think what I did like the most, not even just playing, but looking through, and I looked through the bestiary and stuff like that, it does seem like a very concise and balanced experience, um, which is seems hard to do because it's such a modular, like you could pick this, feed this, feed this, feed this. it's mm-hmm. so modular, but it seems so still so very um, balanced together. Yeah. Surprisingly so. Uh, I, just in general, I think I enjoy reading Pathfinder uh, second edition materials far more than 5e. Uh, within the first couple of times of playing a warlock, I felt like I know how every warlock is going to play. <laughs> so I lose interest in doing anything else. And Pathfinder, I feel like I could spend a, a great deal of time making things and trying out different builds. Will they probably suck 80% of the time? Yes. Is there bad ways and inefficient ways to make things in Pathfinder? And does it allow you to do them? Absolutely. Does 5th edition provide less room for error and making a bad class kind of less so than pathfinder second edition i would say but then again you know we're level one and yeah. the final thing i wanted to address you before i, I kind of give a note from our gm that i asked her to write up for us just kind of like a summary of how she felt about it and her opinions on us i literally said uh if you want to shit on us or give us some <laughs> praise on how we played yeah, you're welcome to do us. so um oh man grab the thought brain where did it go? I don't know. You said last thing you want to touch on. Last thing I wanted to touch on. How does this happen? It's like a physical feeling of that idea just escaping. Is it not in your notes? Um, it should have been. What were we talking about before? Uh, I was talking about combat, yeah. uh, how balanced things were. Oh, no. Damn. Um, Damn. I have to get this back. I can't let it go. Oh, yeah. Keep, keep, keep thinking on it. Yeah. Uh, What's your I, final thought? My final thought is I like it. Um, I am excited to see where it goes and give it a give it the old college try. Um, Got it. I, I I really like. I mean, you did like how you, you did mention the the, the the writing. I really like how it's written. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few confusing wordage and verbiage here and there, Absolutely. but I, I think it's it's tough to get away from that when you're writing a very balanced experience because you're, you know, magic's the same way where you read stuff and be like, I don't know what, what the wording under that is. Um, I like how, uh, well, I don't know what the word is, how open it is. I, like it's open. How, how Paizo wants people to play their game. They make it accessible. Accessible. That's where I like how accessible it is. They make it accessible for everybody to get into. Yeah. They have it on uh, the archives of Netflix, oh, which everywhere. is one hundred percent free. They work with them. They give them the stuff. They just don't have like the adventure path maps and whatnot. It's it's crazy the uh, the amount of love that you can really see that Paizo has for the game. Yeah, a lot of that, and this is a sticky situation, is attributed to the fact that they aren't public. I'd even say like Watsi doesn't. And you're like, I love me some Chris Perkins. I think he's a great guy. Um, but I, you just, I, I don't get the same love for the game. Well, exactly. Um, I, I was, this is surrounding the whole um, Blizzard situation. And I don't want to get into that because it's nasty Sad. and just disgusting. Um, it needs to be talked about, but that's not what this episode is for. So... Uh, Steve Jobs, however you view him, said it um, really well once, and I I can't put it as eloquently, but there is a natural progression to businesses as you gain a monopoly over something to care less about the customer, the consumer, the player. Uh, As your company grows, you begin to have more people that focus on the money, people that focus on um, stocks, etc. And there's just a natural trend towards the people who govern over the money and financial aspects gaining more power and say over the people that have the creativity who originally mm. created it. Um, and it, it just businesses naturally progress that way in, at least in America um, f- for better or for worse, 
a lot of the time for worse at the detriment of creativity. So um, businesses forget their creativity. And I think yeah. Watsi is going through that now. And whether it has a, a Blizzard they Activision are, moment. They are owned by Hasbro, so that probably has something to do with it. Yeah, so I mean, ultimately, it's not about... There, there are absolutely people at a certain level that it is about the passion. And it, it oh, shows yeah. I'm through. Sure, I'm sure Chris Perkins still loves it. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the... I think what's the biggest thing for me, I don't know how many freelancers are involved with Paizo. I'm not positive if they do freelance work or if it's all in-house. But I think with the biggest tell for me was with Candlekeep, was mm. where it was almost 100% freelance work. Yeah. And not to say they did bad work. I thought it was impressive that they how much passion they put into it. But why is Watsi not putting out this you know, effort? Why are they just hiring a bunch of guys that... They don't have to. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate. I guess I appreciate them giving the voice to these people, allowing them to bolster up their own. Of course, that didn't go great for some people. Some people said that their experience with Lotsy was terrible working Mm -hmm. on for Candlekeep, but I don't know. It's 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 something that definitely a lot of is of is behind closed doors and stuff. We won't see. It's tough to keep something that big, that healthy at all areas. It's it's kind of this is really weird, but I think good analogy. It's like how um, if we get cancer. If a portion of our body gets cancer, uh-huh. it's hard to come back from it. It's a battle. If a whale True. gets cancer, and give no fucks. That thing is massive. Can whales get cancer? Yeah, yeah, they do. And it's a big study of cancer right now. It's like, why does it not kill them? And it's because they have so many cells. They're so massive that this one portion of their body that's trying to destroy them cannot possibly kill this organism, like Watsi, um, until it critically fails, like Activision Blizzard, and it covers the entire thing if it lives for long enough. But... That one cancerous portion of Watt-C is, is not going to destroy the thing because so many other parts of it are keeping it alive. Versus Paizo, if, if they do one small mistake uh, or they lose that passion, the whole thing sinks because they're smaller. Yeah. Sorry to get like really philosophical there oh, for yeah, a moment. We brought it down there. For, did you? I did remember my thing, if that's what you Do you still asking. remember it? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it circles back to the beginning about... So the, the yeah. segue out yeah. of there yeah sorry <laughs> it, it was about uh, how we are you and i specifically are playing classes that are complex and mm. i want to see i don't get how it is difficult right now i understand that having spell casting that brings debilitations to me and tracking those is just generally more to do and therefore possibly more difficult but at the moment i'm not I need somebody to tell me how these classes are difficult i think a lot of our confusion from and our, our mistakes from the character creation episode was mainly just because we hadn't played it yet well not not even talking about the the familiar thing i I don't mean that i just mean i don't mean just that but just the idea like some of the stuff that we probably said wrong in that and definitely were called out in the Mm. comments um that uh you know and i appreciate you know uh, correcting us and you know helping us figure out exactly what we're talking about um but i think a lot of that is now that we've played it and you know understood what our class can do at this level it's a lot i think a lot of why i never was worried about um the oracle being complicated i understood it from the beginning on like how it was going to work i think it was the uh the familiar aspect of nah, that's it. not yeah. what i'm talking about i'm talking about like our gm literally had her and her friends saying they they were not trying to discourage but they were strongly suggesting that i play a different class because oracle is difficult to play hmm. and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it yet though we're literally level one so very right. much so could be Taken, down the line more difficult taking like 50 steps in the game when you guys say something's difficult i need an explanation you gotta tell me so i can understand just saying it's difficult i'm gonna be like i got this we can do it man you know my, man, my man's stubborn hard-headed I, I am well yeah exactly but you know general good practice to explain your sentences this is true things like that um but i'm loving oracle so far and i can see where it's gonna go um and i, I do think it'll be mechanically hard but i don't think the class will be difficult to play as but mm. those of you that have played oracle Tell me your experience about it, because I, I don't know where it's going to go at this point. And I mean, I, it could be similar to 5e, where the druid and cleric stuff, not too yeah. difficult at the start. A lot of but things to keep track of. 10 levels in, you realize your spell list is gigantic, and you can do this, you can do that, you can, you know, especially I think for as a Oracle, druid, there's a lot of options. It's mostly going to be how debilitating the, the strength disadvantage is, and, like, mechanically, it's going to be difficult. Like, if I'm near anything, they're going to grapple me, even if it's like a twig. So I get that. You little bitch. So you little bitch. So let's let's stay uh, behind your rat friend. Let's jump to well, you know, my rat friend might poke me and kill me with a natural mm-hmm. one on a healing Hopefully effect. Hopefully you won't be hurt. So we're gonna jump to our GM. I asked her for okay. her thoughts on some stuff. Where did she send it? 
Is it not in here? Only my tax, blah, blah, blah. I, mean, I assume it's in there. There it is. I found it. You said scroll up like a couple Open seconds. Open pages. Continue. Can I just... There we go. What's new in pages, ass? I have not opened this. Okay, right, here we go. All right, so this is from our GM. Now, should we just read it straight or should we respond as you read? If you have something you want me to stop, feel free. Okay. Because you might... Oh, no. Uh, okay. Overall, um, I felt it went great. I'm speaking as her. Uh, okay. I enjoyed the characters and their interactions. And this was... Uh, ch- oh, she told us how to pronounce the name. Trobadaringdu. Yeah, Trobadaringdu. Trobadaringdu. I believe so. Something like that. Uh, yeah, because it's Trobador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt it went great. I enjoyed the characters and their interactions, but more to the point, I feel the gameplay went smoothly. There were some issues that needed to be resolved before the second session, but nothing that hampered gameplay, speaking of the VTT. It's unfortunate the first session of Minus Under Atari slash the beginner box has minimal roleplay interactions, but that will come with time. Even though the party chose three of the most complex classes in the game, again, another mention from our GM mm-hmm. that we've done this, um, Which uh, she's referring to alchemist, oracle, and investigator. Yes. Uh, I feel everyone understood their abilities quite well. There were some minor hiccups as the alchemist forgetting splash damage would happen or the investigator forgetting to pursue a new lead in the third room, mm-hmm. to which you can respond in a moment, because I think we talked about In a moment or now? You go ahead. Okay, so the reason I didn't pursue... All right, so let me explain it from an from a investigator standpoint, Again, right? you didn't use the pursue yes, lead. Yes, pursue lead, which if those of you are unaware, coming from 5e or don't know uh, all about what the investigator can do, if you pursue a lead, then you can devise a stratagem for free in combat, which means you can then whenever you... Uh, you can... Oh, I can't remember, there's a specific term for all, but basically it's a strike. You can strike, and you can deal an extra d6 of damage using your, like, intelligence modifier or something. Um... So I investigated the barrels in the first room because the barrels are obviously some some shit's going on. And I think my I guess my issue that I have with I guess Pathfinder Investigator is it very much incentivizes you to walk around and investigate. You can only have two leads at the same time, mm-hmm. but just go around and investigate any and everything, right? From a role play standpoint, though, my character and I feel like I had no reason to investigate this these cobwebs, right? Because A, we looked around the room and we didn't see any spiders. Sure, you could argue there's probably spiders somewhere, but and maybe it's a mistake. But second, I, again, in my head, I feel like I don't need to investigate. I feel the wording of the ability needs to be changed to understand an aspect of something to a greater ability sure. to give you an advantage I over get it. it. I, 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 I'm very much in the, and I, I understand the, you know, min-max kind of idea. You you want to do this so you can deal more damage in combat, and it's definitely handy and helpful. Um, and maybe I probably should have. I mean, if uh, I'm incorrect, couldn't you have just investigated the spider during combat? No, it takes a minute. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think with this ability, um, if somebody like yourself would want to be able to use it more without feeling like they're just kind of metagaming, is it would be my character has an innate curiosity even to a, a superfluous extent. Right. Like, I am going to study everything, even if I think I've gotten it all. Um, it just doesn't sound, sound fun to me. Yeah, I mean, it's... So maybe I shouldn't play an investigator. Maybe I don't not. Know. Um, but this whole aspect, maybe we're, we're missing a portion of it. I don't know. Um, people feel free to comment on investigator stuff. Yeah. Um, as I didn't even realize that you made a, a conscious choice to do it. I, I also I did. I, I thought about it. I was like, you know, it probably makes sense to pursue a lead here, but I just... So I'm sure there's going to be a spider fight, but we investigated two, like, per- perception check two separate times. Nothing in this room? Okay, we'll just keep walking, I guess. And that yeah. obviously is a spider. Yeah, and I think there even was a moment where you were like, I trust you, Braxton's character, but I'm also going to investigate here. So you even did push yes, your own Yes, I did, I did check. I just did, I did a look around. Yeah. yeah. You even did, pursue. like, a little bit. You didn't pursue a lead. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, to which our GM continues, there was nothing egregious that caused the party to lose their effectiveness too substantially. No, I think we feel like we did pretty good. Yeah, small things like the oracular curse, namely the enfeebled condition not properly tracking um, by Foundry, need to be dealt with better next time, or I can just do it myself. I don't think I need to... Um, it, it depends on, on the GM, what she wants to do. If she wants to have everything tracked in there, we can get it done, but I'll be able to... I won't, I won't forget. I'll be a good player. Write it don't down you your sheet or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, not being tracked properly with Foundry, need to be dealt with better next time, but situations where the curse would matter did not come up, so it's fine. Again, What is your curse it. to? Or should I just wait until it happens in the game? Um, the, the first level it it makes me enfeebled makes one you like, or two, something like that. Like start like levitating? I basically 
Uh, gravity get starts affecting me less. I won't literally get pulled, but at, at the most effective affected by my curse, I can like walk on water and like do mm. long jumps at will and shit like that. Okay. Um, maybe not exactly like that, but basically gravity stops affecting me uh, a gotcha. ton. Gotcha. Not entirely, because uh, cool. that would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> maybe if I ever die while I'm so, under my It's so almost like you're on the moon. Yeah, you're kind of like weightless. Well, I'm uh, the, the whole flavor is that I'm both curiosity wise and physically pulled towards right. the cosmos the cosmos like, i, like I want to know so much the more i cast my spells the farther and more the abyss stares back very lovecraftian oh, that's why i picked it um next time it doesn't matter comes up it's fine all in all uh i had a blast and I hope everyone else did too did to be honest uh my fervor for gming had been flagging in recent months but the session relit my fire quite effectively nice. Quite excited to see how the adventure continues, and I hope everyone enjoyed their first forays into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I think we did. What a well-worded... I'm so terrible at writing short things like that, so... <laughs> I it, think we did all thing. enjoy it. No, I, I absolutely I had a great time. for the time. other two players, but I think they did enjoy it. I absolutely had a great time. It was a lot of fun, and I think um, like throughout the episode, it might feel like we dig into it a, a bit, but... That's just what we do. That's what we do. When you got to talk about something for an hour, you, you got to find every little detail. Yeah. Another thing um, that we're kind of defining about. I mean, we've had like 100 episodes where we shit on 5e. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we there still we play it every like every week. So yeah. multiple times every week. Uh, something else I want to like frame about us in general, uh, the Dungeon Crawl, is that uh, there's there's a lot of people out there in the Internet who are experts at what they do. And they come at things from like almost a a scholastic point of view teaching people the mm -hmm. right ways to do stuff uh being the example teaching people be, being a resource in particular and we are one as well but more of a, a casual point of view not that sure. we won't change in the future but uh we're gonna get things wrong 100 percent, 100 percent, and uh i think that's okay you know yeah well, i mean we get 5e stuff wrong all the time when, oh my god yeah and it's it's i think it's okay um it's obviously good to recognize you made a mistake and yeah. say shoot I, you're right well, this happens in game before i think we've talked about this on the other podcast where brax and i will or, or me and another player will like someone will say that's not how this works but like i think that is how it works and one of us will make a call in the middle of the game and then later i'll check it i'll be like you know what you're 100 right I, I i read this i read it wrong i read this wrong and then you know owning up the mistake i think is a, is a very big important part yeah. of uh of it. The thing I really love about our perspective on that and getting things wrong, though, is the people who comment and, and help us learn. Yeah, oh my God. Like, all, all the comments. So many people, um, and I don't think a single one of them has been like antagonistic. Um, even if so, they were just pointing out something that they felt passionate about. I mean, just about. to say something crazy here, when we got this camera, I don't, do you remember what you said? What? You said, are there many people under 30 subscribers that have 4K cameras? And now we're getting close to 100. And it's only been like a like a couple weeks or something like that. It might be cheesy in post, uh, you know. Thanks for a hundred. It's just it's it's. Uh, we appreciate all, all the new people yeah. coming in. Um, we've definitely batted around the idea of doing a a, a Pathfinder live show or something, you know, a one, one shot or yeah. modules and stuff like um, that. So we're definitely considering it. I know a lot of you guys came in from our Pathfinder stuff, but we hope you stick around for our. Uh, obviously, I, I don't expect you to tune in every five E video, yeah. but. Uh, for maybe our, our system agnostic type stuff, which we definitely do a handful of that. Yeah, if there's if there's a five E episode, anything dealing with like role playing or world building, it's probably going to be useful for pretty much anybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that was our first three hours or so. Of, uh, it was about three and a half. Yeah, half hours, half hours of, of Pathfinder getting through three rooms. Um, <laughs> Are we going to have a video like this every time? Probably not. Probably not. If we, I when we say, complete it. I'd say at most, yeah, we probably do another one when we complete it. Yeah, and I really want to either do a, some sort of um, box of, of some sort or have our GM uh, do a higher level thing for us. And now a lot of you out there are like, well, if you were having trouble with, you know, the advanced players guys stuff, you probably shouldn't skip levels. And I'm, I'm we'll probably I think what we will start point. doing, though, um, I, I really like the idea of us doing deep dives on the new Pathfinder content when it gets released. Oh, boy. Because there's some cool stuff that's coming. There's yeah. some really cool stuff. There's like the undead book or something that's going to be happening very soon. Looks looks. The one our GM is really excited the about. The guns, has, gears yes, one. Yes, that one has a um, spell sword in it. Yeah, there's, some, there's some really cool Paizo Pathfinder stuff coming. Yeah. So there's, there's real no. We might start looking into that half caster spell. Like you can you can definitely build it that way. Oracle themselves can be a, an off tank or a full tank uh, because of their curse. Uh, but I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, we forgot this last time. 
Did we? We didn't forget this. We forgot it in a second. What we didn't forget is that, you know, we have socials. You can contest yeah. that at Dungeon Crawl Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're mostly active on Twitter if you want to reach out to us there. We'll probably come up with a new order to all of this, but our email, if you're looking for any sort of fun business inquiries or anything else, is the Dungeon Crawl Pod at gmail.com. We also have a Discord that you can jump in. There's a link tree below, and we've got a few games going on. A Zelda 5th edition that we're looking for a new player for. Might be a little bit of a quick screening process, but if you're interested in that, we do kind of plan Saturdays at 1 p.m. CST. If you're looking to jump in for a campaign that might end pretty quickly after it starts, get in there, hang out. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, from that and the link tree as well, uh, I don't think I should mention this yet. We did open a Patreon. I guess maybe Hell yeah. Maybe we do it at this point. We do have two patrons next. Maybe they'll fly up on the screen with my hands right now and say, hello, we love them. I don't know. Uh, you, Good not, luck, Ryan. Edit, 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 I'm not sure we'll do it that way, but I definitely want to do a special shout out to our uh, uh, $10 uh, patron. Yeah. For Is that in the tier? Yes, man. We made them. There's you don't tiers. remember this? I thought it was like the 15 and 25 that had it. Better make sure because all, we'll all the maybe, other ten dollar people are well, we'll have to you know edit this out. This isn't for the tier thing because I love this person anyways, Squid. This isn't for Patreon. We do love you. Um, just make sure. No, yeah. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was saying, man. Sure. I didn't, Trust, I didn't we make didn't it. have a fifteen dollar a month thing. Exactly. It was You're making me you. question my own existence. Here. Yeah, yeah. I checked it out. You. Well, now you've already done it. Shout out to Squid, uh, our our ten dollar patron. Uh, we do. Shout out and talk about our, our $10 and $25 patrons. Um, so please hop in there. And we definitely want to say thank you to our uh, the other patron that has uh, hit mm -hmm. that subscribe button. It's very, very kind. Of, I don't know. Are they called subscribe buttons on Patreon? I don't know. Um, support. Support. Yeah, hit Supporters. the join. It's, yeah, it's a patrons. big join button here. Um, but yeah, we're, we're got two patrons. So we're, we're slowly climbing up to some of our goals. Uh, we appreciate you guys. If anyone else wants to hop in there. It really helps out the the patron or helps out the podcast um and we'll eventually start paying for the initial podcast uh yeah we'll go payments. even monthly. yeah we'll go even and the, that means we'll be able to put more money into making cooler and more awesome things which we're actually batting around some ideas for maybe doing some like really nice well edited video a month type of stuff yeah these are mostly like we so do we notes some, we some ideas beforehand uh on these episodes and then we just kind of sit down and record um, but maybe more live scripted stuff. Yeah, we got some really cool ideas. So uh, if you if you really want to help out with us and hit up the uh, Patreon, should there be a link around here for it. Um, and yeah, uh, it'll really help us out a lot. Queens. I mean, I've said my things. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> what, man? I don't know. Uh, so the last thing I do want to mention, um, I kind of did this in a roundabout way because I thought oh it, my God. I thought it'd make more sense to do it at the end. Um, but if you have been listening to the whole podcast, first of all, shout out to you. Uh, but then you remember the kind of tree story that I told at the beginning? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I got to, like, popped one of my blood vessels. I almost cried. I almost cried. <laughs> Actually, it hurt a lot, dude. Um, crying in the, crying in my, my girlfriend's like, that happens all the time. She's, she does, like, fashion design. If we ever so do she, IRL stats, this is uh, episode evidence if we ever contradict our strength hey, and our constitution ratings. It, that was, I think, you know, I'm going to blame my tools. I think it was the utilities that I was using because I'm, your intelligence I'm pretty there. ripped. Though I actually haven't worked that in a little bit because I've been too busy. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is while I was reaching around to grab the, uh, the branch, you know, going diving for my existence, um, I had kind of this like life flashing through my through my eyes yeah. moment because I'm hanging off of this balcony. Granted, it's only 15 feet. I probably would have been okay. Uh, There's a, possi a possibility I could have died. So this is what I saw, right? Yeah. I'm I'm sitting there reaching off, holding onto this branch, waiting for my girlfriend to come up. And, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where you shout off for someone, you know, there's no answer. And there's just this lonely moment that you go through in your head. This really lonely experience. Like, I'm here by myself. I could fall and die at any moment. And I saw these things, these images flash across my mind. First thing I saw was us sitting here. Oh, you know, shout out to last moments. Waffling. And then I thought of the podcast. Yeah. And the viewers, the people yeah. that are out there. I can't keep this going by myself. <laughs> the people that are out there, thumbs and up, commenting. And I was like, man, you know, this is, it's, it's been a good life. If, if this is it right here. Mm hmm. And then I saw the Apple Podcasts pop up on my face, or not on my face, sorry, in my in my mind. 
and I saw, you know, the five stars, the, 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 the beautiful the ratings of the tree turned into the five stars, oh, the beautiful ratings that, that have, the yeah. people have left on there. Um, the reviews and people saying, you know, I hate pants too, yeah, that yeah. type of stuff. Uh, I was, yeah. I and it, 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 you know, it, it warmed my heart and soul. And then the door opened and she handed me scissors and I cut the branch and I was, I, I, I lived, I survived, but there was that brief moment where I thought that was it. And so what I'm trying to say is please rate us five stars on iTunes, uh, Apple podcasts it really helps us out. Especially, I mean, if you, you know, we've talked this before, but if you don't have the, the money to, to put on the Patreon, then thumbsing up the video, commenting Literally down anything. below, uh, hitting that subscribe button if it's your first time here, uh, rating us five stars on the Apple Podcasts. All that small stuff helps us out. Shout us out to a buddy of yours. Say, hey, have you heard of this cool podcast? That type of stuff uh, helps us out a lot. It was pretty cool to say that our first sort of income at all was not from sponsors, but from people who enjoy what we from do. From viewers like you. Which maybe we could just keep it that way unless there's something something that we really want to sponsor at some point which ryan did say is one of his goals my question for everybody is if a ryan falls from his apartment and nobody's there to you know witness it does he make a sound the neighbors probably would anyways falling through the window he's ryan he's braxton the dungeon crawl i forgot to do this last week this is what i was going to say thanks for Mm. calling with us see you next time see you next week for a banger of an episode also i do want to do a quick apology that the video cut off last time on youtube i don't know what happened this is a funny skit yeah we'll never see it was really weird ever um yeah we'll see you guys next time it's gonna be a great episode promise